Welcome to What Won't She Say, a woman-centered podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Mastic. Stick around for the season to be inspired by amazing women who bravely delve into the stories of their lives, giving hope and inspiration to others. Together, we will explore such a wide array of topics that you will be asking yourself, what won't you say? Okay, welcome back. Uh, I'm here with the Believe in Biscuits co-host, Sarah Zimmerman. Hi, Sarah. Hello. And uh, we have not spoke yet about this, so this is uh, this will be fun for both of us. Are you excited about this episode, or is it not one of your favorite episodes? Um, I enjoyed it. It was emotionally satisfying and very funny. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. All right, so we can lo- launch into a few things, and um, we'll keep this one a little briefer than usual. Uh, yes. So um, I kind of wanted to launch off of if you're okay with it, some of the one-liners that I thought were absolutely hilarious. Yes. And a couple of mine were, was I loved um, the fact that Jade sees Rupert for what he is right away. Yeah. She hates his guts. She thinks he's disgusting. And after she meets him, she says, well, he seems wealthy. And then Nate's like, oh, well, no, he's actually a decent guy. And he tries to you know, make him seem nicer than Jade's already figured out that he is, that he's just a dirtbag. She's nice. Like, so one of the reasons that she concluded, I, like, I think she reads people pretty well yeah. <laughs> with not a lot happening on her face. I think there's a lot going on there. Um, he says, Oh, are you from Poland? And apparently that is very, um, that's a source of, uh, it's looked down on in England. Yes. And that was yes. the whole brother. Right. Like, so if you're yeah. Polish ancestry, that's considered, you know, he's, he's basically saying, I see who you are, you yeah. know, oh, and you're hostess, you don't make any money too. like, he, mm. he sized her up and she did the same, you know? Yeah. And I love that she stood her ground. So she, I think she'd be so good for Nate for the fact of like, just be who you are. I love mm-hmm. the, um, uh, when Ted walked in bringing biscuits into Rebecca and Keely was there and he hands them both a box or whatever. But when he first walks in though, and he says, he says, um, uh oh, when women are hugging, it either means uh, bad news or nothing at all. Yep. Because <laughs> that's what we do, baby. It's so true. He was like, so, like, he was so excited about it. And then he brings in both a biscuit box and Rebecca gets her biscuits and Keely opens it up and it's money. And she's like, right. oh my gosh. And she's like, well, I didn't know you were going to be here until a few minutes ago. So <laughs> I thought that was super, super cute. And yeah. the whole exchange. And then the other, the other one that was, um, a couple more that I really liked. And it was um, when they were at practice and Beard says, the last time I've seen two guys having this much fun on grass was at a Grateful Dead concert with the Black Crows. And Ted's yeah. like, wow, that must've been tight. And Beard was like, no, no, it was a mess, but they were enjoying themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, if yeah, fish, Black Crows and Grateful Dead all notorious. Jam yeah, sorry, fish. Yeah. I forgot about them. Yeah. No rhyme or reason. Yeah. I just yeah, I love very music centric episode, right? Like, cause yeah. <laughs> then there was the whole intense debate about lead guitarist, best lead guitar, and it, Rebecca, Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca the, the guy from Cream. What is wrong with you? Like, he I, I was well, mad. Higgins <laughs> making fun of her was so cute. Yeah. So the guy from Cream, Eric Clapton, yeah. right? <laughs> the guy from Cream. And he's like the guy from Cream. She's like, I don't know. I panicked. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was. And the entire scene where Beard is basically fighting them over that they're talking about music, and Beard is yeah. is in the press release, and uh, you know he's not supposed to be in the press conference, and he's he's arguing with everybody there, and 
Rebecca has to break it up, which is why she ends up in the situation to begin with, because Roy didn't show up. Yep, yep, even though he was asked to specifically, yep. No, I, no I, she states clearly later on the uh, because he was told to, not asked to. Yeah. And she made that very, very clear that this was not optional. And I, uh, it brings me to another one of the, uh, the one-liners where um, you think that when she comes in and kind of chews him out and tells him to get to her office and she says, get your hairy ass to my office, he yeah. turns to everybody and I'm thinking he's going to punish <laughs> them because he's embarrassed by what just happened. But he's upset right. that no one defended the fact that you all know that I don't have a hairy ass and not one of you stood up for me. <laughs> and I will never forgive you. <laughs> and then afterward, all like uh, Isaac goes, he's right, we're cowards. <laughs> <laughs> like what like that's the thing that really really bothered them and then the other um Roy thing that that you know kind of inadvertently made me laugh was when Isaac goes into the crowd to fight the guy who you know says the who says the slur and um the announcers say Roy Ken is the vice of uh, the voice of reason what a world <laughs> yeah <laughs> like Roy's breaking it up and, and telling everybody to calm down yeah, yeah. Called a reasonable adult. Yeah, those are really funny. All of the Roy stuff of they're really showing him trying to change and like him actually having fun and, and the whole thing of 22 guys on grass joke started because of them, you know, prompting Nate, you know, like, you know, we've changed the way we're doing this. We're doing total football and it's awesome. And Roy's like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he said, you know, I was closed minded at first. I was concerned mid season about moving tact, changing tactics, you know, and being open minded is not my bag, but this really is working. Yeah. yeah. And then he compliments the team, which is also unusual for him. The yeah. Beard passes out, beard faints, but he like falls backwards when he compliments the team. <laughs> so some of the funniest, did you have any other funny? No, uh, no, go ahead. Some of the ones that I appreciated uh, were when somebody said something that was huge or hard or something, and mm. Ted goes, that's what the lady from the American office said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was good. Said. Like, he knows that, you know, the British folks might not get that because their yeah. uh, version is Ricky Gervais. Um, and then when Keely is showing Rebecca her phone that she's been ghosted by Jack, but she continues to text Rebecca so much blue. <laughs> that was on my list, too, but I didn't want to bring too many. That was so good. Keeps texting, texting, texting. And then I appreciate that she says, uh, when Ted says, oh, it's hard, you know, heartbreak is hard. She said, I'm not heartbroken, just more like heart bent. Yeah. And then Ted writes an impromptu country song about <laughs> heart bent and farts, basically, yeah. which is delightful. <laughs> um, oh my God. I think my favorite, the one that had me like crying was when Jade, again, in her very like no affect kind of way says, uh, Jade is actually short for jaded. My mother named me after my aunt, but I don't care. <laughs> right. That was good. Oh she was brilliant to the whole thing. They've really oh. like suddenly turned that character up and it's been really fun to watch. Um, Higgins, I think is the, one of the best physical comedians just in his quiet way. You know, yeah. the show that they do when they give him just like moments where there's no dialogue, it's just him being goofy. Like it's brilliant. <laughs> it's him always like his thing is driving. <laughs> whenever he's uncomfortable yeah he just kind of gags um and then when rebecca goes to storm the castle uh he, he gives her this like like cheering like one man cheering squad it's just so funny um let's see oh yeah so colin so the 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 big topic during this episode of course is colin and isaac and colin coming out and stuff um when trent says you know 
uh, Isaac and your peers are going to be new to understanding this about you. You've known this about yourself for 20 years yeah. and Callum, oh, way longer than that. Yeah. Uh, once I was out of my mom, I never looked back. That's right. And Isaac just looks confused when he says that. I love it. I love it. But I do love the fact that like the entire thing, they, they wrote that so well where it's like, is Isaac also gay or is Isaac offended that he is gay? Like they kept pulling you in different directions, which I think was done well in the sense that um, they led you down those trains of thought by omission of mm-hmm. writing. They didn't overwrite it. They didn't try to force it. And that was really brilliant for the fact that it ends up being, he was just offended that he didn't trust him to tell him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like they're... Yeah, so Isaac was hurt that he didn't, that their friendship wasn't tight enough that Colin could trust him with his identity as a gay man. Um, and do you feel like, uh, you know, some people are saying that the show is too, like, sweet and and kind of glosses over the hard stuff. Do you think that more realistically, somebody on the team, at least when Colin came out, should have had a negative reaction in professional football? Um, it just depends on if that's the thing they want to tackle or not. Again, we only have a few episodes left, so... Yeah. How, you know, I agree uh, that that's not realistic that of all the men that are in that room or women, you know, whatever scenario you're in, a group of people of 22 people, somebody's going to be offended or bothered by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I don't know if, if addressing it, like I said, they, if they had more seasons, I would say, yes, that's, that's a very missed moment, but um, there's, there's well, very, think- very few seasons, very few episodes left and there's so much to unravel. And so much of what they've done is focus on um, uh, like a people, uh, uh, you know, people as individuals, their whole spirit and their, you know, inclusivity and like fighting for each other's like rights to just exist as who's who they are. Like that's been kind of themes throughout. So I am willing to suspend belief and say that everybody's been changed enough wherever they started as, as, you know, men in a locker room, his, you know, Mm -hmm. over history, I am willing to believe that now today they are all loving and uh, you know on board um i kind of felt that too like i, I wanted also, i wanted that utopic sort of moment of like yeah, maybe I'm in this okay. sort of micro you know microcosmic way these people are evolved enough where you know they wouldn't give two dams and i love the thing where they're like oh i don't care and and then ted gives that whole story about you know him not caring in the in the seven layer dip and of course it's in the ridiculous you know destroyed the toilet that it cost nine thousand dollars i don't even know how that would cost that much way but i do love the fact that he brings the point of it's the same hurtful thing that quote-unquote allies try to do when they say well i don't see color well that's the that's a big problem <laughs> there's you know, and so I do love that they did address my that. And my way of walking through the world, it affects me mm-hmm. and, you know, it's important to me and I'm not ashamed of it. And you saying, I don't see it or it doesn't matter to me. There's a little hint of shame to that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love that Ted says, I wish I'd done this differently in the past in a, you know, m- more minor issue, obviously with a, you know, I don't know, a $9,000 toilet bill is not minor, Sarah. <laughs> I don't know what world you live in, but. I also like that there. somebody was like, you know, yeah, statistically, there's probably 10% of us in this room are gay. And uh, everybody was like, huh, interesting. And they kind of conclude maybe Jamie. And he's like, cool, I'm flattered. Yeah. But but Trent Krim is wearing a Dolly Parton t-shirt under a blazer right now. Like if I had to guess. <laughs> he always has, you know, yeah, like, you know, gay pride mugs and things like that. Like he's not really hiding it at all. You know, I mean, he's. It's awesome. Yeah, so that's funny. Yeah. Oh, biggest crush on the show. And, um, and the whole the whole Jamie's face too is like flattered. They don't really say anything, yeah. but they just imply it, and then he's flattered. <laughs> yeah. 
I also enjoyed the opponents were the seagulls in this game when they they played each other. They were the seagulls, and th that clueless announcer says seagulls are wretched creatures. They'll steal your steal your car keys right off your beach towel. <laughs> and both times I watched the episode, I just like snorted out loud. I don't. I, I, I agree with them. Um. Oh. Oh God. Love the part where Sam and Janie are silently communicating about who should be captain because when Isaac goes after the fan, yeah, when Isaac goes after the fan, uh, he is kicked out of the game. And so he gives the uh captain's uh thing to um Sam. And then Jamie's like, no, no, I got it, I'll take care of it for you. And yeah, Sam flicks him off, which is him just being brilliant and, and they're so oh god, they're so cute. Then the whole I love uh I love you all so much. So Sam is is struggling to come up with something to say as the captain to get the team to count the team back out onto the field for the second half. And he says, I just I love you all so much. And Jamie goes, I'm three. I love you yeah, all so yeah. much. <laughs> it's like and gives him the look like you you dirty rat. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also just so sweet. I'm I yeah. guess that's my thing is when people are saying, okay, it's not realistic. It's like, no, 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 no. people don't act like that. Like, I'm really fine. <laughs> yes. I'm okay with comfort and niceness and like and the fact that the jokes are solid, like this is giving me everything I need. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no complaints, you know. And again, like I said, they, they went back to like season one and two in writing in this episode where uh, they did what great songwriters do. You know, when I when I teach kids how to play drums and music, one of the golden rules is you always say you have to know when not to play. Mm. And I knew in this episode when they knew when not to write, like they, they knew they could just they could just tweak and nudge and and push your mind into like different possibilities and scenarios and that's what i thought was so good about one and two is they didn't mm -hmm. massage it to death they didn't tell you what to think in every moment and it was yeah. it was a brilliant episode i think yeah i really enjoyed it too um my last favorite funny parts were when ultimately so roy learns his lesson rebecca tells him off in this beautiful way and he does finally do a press conference at the very end and it's gorgeous the story yeah. i mean so effective and it's so ted like and it's so cool and it's him coming into his own and we'll talk about that but he also refers to, to all, of course he doesn't hasn't bothered to learn any of the reporters names oh, so he that was one them, of my favorite moments he refers to them as five o'clock shadow head yeah. new trent and then when when new trent from the independent agrees with him he's like oh i like this one better yeah i like this trend better <laughs> and then he and then he calls somebody goblin king goblin king you you're next uh, we, so Rob and I were hypothesizing on who was Goblin King in the room. <laughs> yeah, we were we were snort laughing as well during that. That was super, super funny. Yeah. And just like the sweet moments with Nate and Jade. And again, like now Nate's really figuring out like what a piece of shit Rupert is. Rupert invites him there with the models and he he declines. He knows it's going to damage his relationship with Rupert, but he wants to try to have a decent relationship with Jade and be a decent person. Well, I just he's not why would he touch a straight like he's not he's not the type of person he's not he's not desperate for the touch of any woman mm. he's not he's not trying to i think at this point or or at any point he's never been trying to exert his authority in that manner mm -hmm. i mean he's always i don't think i've ever witnessed him not being respectful to women yeah but rupert doesn't know any other way to operate and so no, he doesn't it's all you know, power all men are like this so you'll fall for it and you i'll bring a beautiful so guys model. night you'd be getting your knob you know worked yeah. in the back room at a bar like that's a guy's night you know yeah and he also is trying to immediately destroy that relationship with jade it's exactly what he's doing the second he walked right. in 
I think he had some like felt threatened, you mm-hmm. know, because that mm-hmm. might distract Nate or it might take him away from his power. Like, you know, Jade might see through Rupert and lead Nate into, you know, not being his little puppet. And yeah. So yeah, because good relationships often empower the person. That's yeah. that's you know, and so and Rupert knows that Rupert sees that and he doesn't want his little, you know, puppy kicking boy to be empowered. He doesn't want that. He wants him to be this this little pathetic, you know, kid that is scared of him and everything else and and is really bright and smart and great at coaching and and he can push around. And so well, that's like he talks and he negs him in front of Jade mm-hmm. intentionally, and then he tries to, yeah absolutely and yeah i love i love like you said like the silence they really use the silence well nate you could see the scales coming off of his eyes you could see in that silent moment of him processing and understanding and, and establishing himself as a man so like there's several men in his life he has to stand up to there's several he has to make right with this is the first one this is on the, his journey you know yeah um so the sweetness um I thought very tender. Yeah. Like Rebecca's whole speech with Roy, I thought was really tender and cool uh, and, and tough, you know, like exactly what he needed. She's trying to get him to wake up to all aspects of his life and like actually live his life. You know, they just, they care about each other so much. I was like, you know, like, so her employee comes marching in. So she tells him and talks about his hairy ass. Her employee comes marching in and saying, what the fuck do you want? She gives it right back to him. Like I, I just admire the leadership again over and over on the show where it's so there's so much equity and 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 uh, just mutual respect and you know and 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 I don't know that to me that kind of casual familiarity intimacy um, just is is a whole that that the atmosphere is so different than most places of work that you see you know in, in a beautiful way I think. I agree. And I think part of the thing that works so well with them is the real life relationship that oozes into everything. And you see that there's this real trust between mm-hmm. the two of them as actors, not, you know, just mm-hmm. as human beings um, oh, yeah. to really go for it, to really, you, so you, you can tell they've yelled at each other before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what yeah. I thought there was such honesty and vulnerability in it. And you could see their real life relationship sort of seep into that. And that to me made it like extra rich and gooey. It was really like, I agree, I agree with you. It was such a lovely, even when they were yelling at each other, it was a lovely scene because they deeply care. Well, you, you yell like that at somebody that you care about. Cause if you don't care about yes. them, you just say, fuck oh, off and let them go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I absolutely agree with that. That was, and, and it wasn't cruel. Like they weren't, nobody was trying to no. make anyone feel bad. In fact, they were trying to loudly empower each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and yeah, I mean, she's a powerhouse of an actor and he mm-hmm. held his own, you know, like they, they both, it was, it was just a really cool scene. Um, I think some of the tender stuff too, I know we were trying to wrap up in just a few minutes, but um, so <laughs> do you think we can do it? Should we do it? Okay. I, I'm motioning for, uh, for uh, Sarah, I, one minute. She wanted this to be a 20 minute episode. So that's I what she's saying. Do you do it? Can you do it? <laughs> oh my God. By the way, this was her idea. 20 minute episode. there's so much good stuff i have so many um okay so one question i had so colin is reborn he's playing like a man reborn after he comes out to the group so what it bothered me a little bit one thing that we didn't see his moment of sharing himself coming out we saw the aftermath of the team reacting we didn't see him assisting in two brilliant goals that then won the game we saw his aftermath reacting I kind of would have, I don't know, maybe it was they were trying to save us from the cheesy, like Rudy glory, you know, frozen fist bump in the air, fist bump in the air kind of moment. But I would have loved to see his actual, like, you know, mm-hmm. him have his moment, I think, you know? I think 
part of it may have been, and this is just my speculation, is the reason why they didn't show the actual moment in the locker room when he tells everybody is that there's no right way they could have done it to please everybody, especially mm. a community that has done it. Everybody's had their own experience. And it's probably just so wildly different how it went, how what the outcome was, how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think um, it's sort of lent itself to this is an intimate moment that we don't have the right to oh i like that yeah and so i like that a lot and then um making again because i i noticed the same thing too and again i'm just everyone listening i'm literally just guessing i have no idea but i also felt like the reason why they didn't show the goals is they didn't want to make his rebornness about sports Mm. like so you're they're showing like he's now living more into his authentic self and so everything is going he, you know he wasn't carrying the weight of the world with him so everything's going a lot better for him yeah. and that wasn't the, the the goal weren't the point it's you know he's more but again it's just my guess and and it, that did really stand out to me because all of a sudden the scene's done right and, and david said he, my husband was like you know why didn't they show the scene and i'm like i bet you they felt like there was no right way they could do it there was no way yeah. to please everybody. And, and it, it should be an intimate moment, whether people want to share it, uh, you know, to a, a wider audience or just one person or whatever. And so, I don't know, that's, that's my well, two cents. And there is such thing as dragging um, people's pain out for just exactly my point. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like ex- exploitation and maybe they're being really mindful of him not having to like, you know, basically bear his soul and be that vulnerable. You know, like it was enough that we knew that he did. Because the they tied it up to the locker room scene for the fact that when Isaac came over to his house and he said, are you going to tell everybody? He said, I'm I'm fine with just the team knowing. And yeah. that sort of was a nod as to why we didn't get to see it either. It's an, it's yeah. none of our business. No, I like that. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think one of, the, to me, part of the reason that Isaac was so upset was not just hurt that his friend couldn't trust him with this, but also, and I think immediately we saw this with the fans, with mm. the fans crowd is like some fear and fury yeah. that he wasn't going to be able to protect Colin from this. Yeah. He couldn't, he knew that this is good. Like, and, and of course, eventually he realizes, okay, Colin's been living with this fear and living with this like knowledge that some people are going to despise him and be cruel. Like this is just, you know, that, that he could be in danger that he could, I mean, he knows mm-hmm. this, but I think maybe, you know, um, Isaac's used to be able to take care of business and this, yeah. he it's scary that he can't kind of thing yeah so the end scene did you love how they so 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 sorry so isaac comes over to colin's house and they have this sweet meetup and from everybody that i know males that who've had a friend come out they've one thousand percent had this conversation where Mm. the straight guy asks the you know the newly out guy okay so tell me how all this works how do you do locker room stuff because you're around a bunch of dudes who's the most sexy in the group who's you know like how yeah, just how do you meet dates? How do you, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, who's I the most fit in the group? And he's like, I'm not going to say. And then he says it. <laughs> he's like, immediately. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does. yeah. yeah. So everybody I, knows. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, I think the music played a big role in this episode, as always. Um, yeah. Beyond the uh, references that they kept making, um, the title of episode nine is La Locker Room of Fo- Foley. Is that how you'd say it? Folly? I don't know. But it's basically, you know, the American version is the birdcage with mm-hmm. Robin Nathan Lane. It was. It's been around since like the 60s, 70s. They've been making music, movies, and musicals. Harvey Firestein, you know, mm-hmm. he wrote the book for the musical. So the opening scene and the end scene were music from that musical. And yeah. the last one is "I Am What I Am," which is basically like has been for decades a gay anthem. And mm-hmm. so, just beautiful, you know, very cool. And then also like the music. Um, 
shift when Rupert when Rupert walks in like yeah. freaking villain did you know like the ominous music yeah. like they just do such a good job with that last thing I wanted to say is if you're confused by that I'm forever blowing bubbles or Rupert saying okay let's all go blow some bubbles or whatever I looked it up because I had no idea they, they on the billboard you see that sometimes mm-hmm. so AFC Richmond Ted's team is not it's a fictional team mm-hmm. but uh Manchester West Ham United is a real team right and so since uh it was founded in 1895 um they're currently ranked seventh out of 20 in the premier league this real team and from a 1918 jazz song some lyrics in it are i'm forever blowing bubbles so that's where their slogan came from yeah i had no idea either they blow bubbles so you'll see bubbles floating sometimes when that team is playing i think we're gonna leave it there that's a great great uh obscure reference for us americans who do not follow football so no, uh, might start. <laughs> the footy ball, but uh, awesome. Well, thanks so much for that. And uh, I have nothing else to add myself. Are you good? I have one more thing. <laughs> and I said, surprise, we're gonna surprise. Okay. 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 <laughs> Next episode, episode 10 of 12 of the final season of Ted Lasso. Um, it, the, it's called international break. And the log line is while some of the Greyhounds head home to play for their countries in international matches, Edwin Afuko brings a business proposal to Rebecca. Uh And then only last thing I want to say is I think that this episode was the most fucking brilliant acting all around. Just gorgeous. Yeah, I agree. It came home and I watched it twice and I'm probably going to watch it a third time. Yeah. I enjoyed it so much. It was just just lovely. I mean, just across, across the board, Colin, I mean, he's brilliant in this. uh, Yeah. Billy Harris, I think is the name. Anyway, we will wrap up and we will see you next week. I'm very excited. Thank you. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to What Won't She Say. You can find us at whatwontshesay.com, on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else that you like to find your podcasts.